11 years and 22 films. And now, here we are. Welcome to this episode of The Breach Pod. And today, we're talking about Avengers Endgame. Yes! <laughs> so, so excited, so excited. I, uh, I, I, that, I'm was, trying to, that was an incredible intro. I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to think back to the, like, exactly what I was feeling right after I stepped out of the cinema. And I messaged you right away. Um, yeah. Because, like, because you, I, I saw it like days, days before you did. Yeah. But of course, I couldn't spoil. I didn't want to spoil anything for you. But it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, I remember that. I, like, I remember. I remember. Um, you were. I mean, you. I, I told people that, like, you were. You were the example. I told people that I have this friend who, after seeing the film, <laughs> immediately booked tickets for the next screening and saw it an hour and a half later. <laughs> For the second time. <laughs> wild, wild. It was wild. I had, wild. To, I had to see it again. I had to see it again. I had a different um, like I had a different reaction compared to you. I had a more yeah. like calm Yeah, like, I was actually surprised. You were so much I was surprised. I, mean, I was surprised. But I was really like really hyped. I mean, but like while I was watching, I yeah. had like physical reactions and like yeah. like a lot of those, you know, but ultimately afterwards I was like there was a sense of calm. And then obviously the questions came, and then just yeah. generally a sense of calm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different. My, but yeah. The questions for me didn't come after my uh, my second viewing. The first one I really like, I like it, like what I always do with these movies. But my first one is I just go in there as a fan and just watch it for what yeah. it is, and just take take everything in and enjoy it. And I, yeah. I'm glad that's what I did because I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie so yeah. damn. Much. Yeah, it's it's the same for me, but I just I mean, I can't not ask questions. <laughs> like I need to understand things, you know what I mean? Like I had Definitely. I needed to understand anyway, but like just first yeah, of talk all about your questions. No, but like oh, first wait. of all, introduce right, yeah, yourself yeah. first. I'm Jane. Right, right. Oh yeah, I'm Rodney. Um, <laughs> hey everyone. I mean hey everyone. We forgot to introduce ourselves. Yeah, that's all. It's it so is. Just as a disclaimer, this is going to be a spoiler podcast about Avengers Endgame. Yeah, spoilers the entire way. We are not holding back. So if you have not seen this film yet, now is the time to exit the room and just come back to it later on after you've seen the film. All right, what's the, what's the first thing on the agenda? The first thing on the agenda for our podcast today, for our episode, is a general assessment of the film. Just quick assessment, what are your thoughts? Short mm-hmm. and sweet. Okay, um, general thoughts. Uh, the, the moment I stepped out of the, like I told you earlier, the moment I stepped out of the cinema, I was, I was super excited. I couldn't believe they were able to pull this off. Um, it was really, for me, it was really, um, it, it's such a complete movie. It had everything. And it felt like, because in, in, in comic books, every, every year there's an annual, there's an annual event. And like the whole year comes together and it, and it that's what this felt like for me. And it's that mm-hmm. huge event and everything led up to this point. And it mm-hmm. wrapped it up so nicely. And it was so, it was just ultimately satisfying for me. Everything about it was satisfying for me. Mm. That's, that's how. That's exactly how I feel about the movie. It was the same for me. Um, it yeah. was. I started watching these films 
I mean, the first Iron Man came out when I was 17 and I watched it then and no clue whatsoever that it would be, it would turn to this and that I would grow up with these, with these films. And I mean, as I said before in a previous, like I think it was in our pilot episode that I have never mm-hmm. read the comics. So I'm not that type of fan. I'm just a fan of the cinematic universe. So yeah, it, to me, it was the perfect word I think is satisfying. So you should describe this film in one word, satisfying. And I think so yes. many people will agree because mm-hmm. it just, it wraps, as you said, it wraps it up and it wraps everything up nicely in this beautiful bow and this beautiful box. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just, it's a present to the fans. That is basically that's, it. That's it. Yeah. Actually, that is. It's a, it's a present to the fans. Everyone who kind yes. of followed the whole thing. From Iron yeah. Man, first Iron Man to Infinity War, and now we get Endgame. It really is, is Endgame. Yeah, it is. That's exactly it. And the thing is, for me, um, I did not feel like like I hated that it ended or that I'm like super sad that it ended. It just felt like it was just a natural flow of things and it was the right time to do it and they did it the right way. And it was just, mm-hmm. that's why there's like that sense of calm. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people are sad that it ended and they're they're yeah. not. I thought that I would be. I thought that I would be like devastated or distraught that no. it's over, but apparently not. It's just, they did it really nicely. Okay, yeah. so that's our general assessment of the film. Basically, we yeah. love it. Essentially, yeah. we love obviously, it. Obviously, obviously, and I, I don't think anybody hates it. I mean, I have not come across any person who was like mm-hmm. this film. So yeah. So now, to moving on to the, yeah, second part of the podcast. <laughs> you said you said you, you had plenty of questions. Yeah. yeah. So the, so the, when I came out of the cinema. Um, obviously, yeah, I was trying to process everything, all of what I was feeling. And then I also had like questions because I didn't understand things. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah, there was some parts that I didn't understand that I wanted mm-hmm. to understand. Why were things like that, et cetera, which is always yeah. the case for me. And I always ask you because you're the, <laughs> you know, you're the geek here. You're the well, comic book, book, book person. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, yeah, go on, go on. So, yeah. So that's why I had like, I mean, I had a bunch of like just buzzing around my head. Okay, I need to understand things. And then I asked you all the questions and then I felt like, okay, we should probably do this because I read also a lot of Uh articles, people like asking pretty much the same questions. Uh So yeah, what what was it you were going to say? Well, well, disclaimer. I mean, I, I, my, my answers are. I'm just going to answer them to the best of my ability and to, um, up to what I understand. I mean, I do read some comics. I didn't read them all. I mean, who has the time to read all of them? But I can reference some stuff if necessary. Um, yeah, and yeah, uh, and and it's just basically I'm just gonna basically answer out of uh, out of what I can what I understood or what I my my own theories. Yeah. After watching the film, all right. Okay, cool. So let's start. First question. I think let's start a little bit easy. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel's role in this film, or lack, <laughs> or kind of sort of pseudo lack, lack of it. Yeah. 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 Because um, yeah, the thing for me when I was watching it, I mean like the the build up to it, to the to endgame, the the hype was mm-hmm. that she was gonna be pivotal to this film and how yeah. they were gonna solve the Thanos conundrum. Mm-hmm. And it felt like she would have a huge role and then it ended yeah. up being she was gone for mm-hmm. basically two and a half hours yeah. and then in, in the film for thirty minutes. Yeah. Um so yeah, all yours. Stage is yours. Uh- <laughs> Actually, I I figured that was I was disappointed as well. Um, I really yeah. thought she was going to be there. I I thought it was going to be like the the six plus her, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out this whole thing with Thanos, this whole thing with uh, the whole thing that they did, how they're going to solve it and whatnot. But the the moment she told 
like during this call that they were had that they had um the moment she said you're probably not going to see me for for a while and i'm not sure if that was it ah, yeah yeah for sure yeah. the moment she said that i knew oh man we're screwed we're not going to see her for like a majority of the movie but i mean it's disappointing because like exactly like you said it's uh it's um it's been built up that she was going to have a huge role um mm. in defeating Thanos. but um as we saw in the movie well she she did play her part but like throughout the yeah. story what we what i guess it served what what endgame did was really wrap up the story of the first um the first the original six basically is that's iron yeah. man captain america four hulk hawkeye and black widow mm. uh, so they, they they focused on that instead of um bringing in this overpowered character because imagine if she had been in the majority of the a lot of it would have been too easy. Yeah. Right? If she was in Infinity War, we would not have Endgame. We would not I mean, have Endgame if she had been there. Yeah. So, so, which, so certain things, which makes sense. Yeah, but her being sidelined still, on one hand, it felt like a cop-out because we really, I mean, I went in there wanting to see more of, of, of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little sad that she wasn't there. But on the other hand, uh, storytelling-wise, it made sense why they sidelined exactly. her. It did make sense. Um, I think what they did though with Captain Marvel is kind of they used her as the super this extra body that comes in to save the day mm-hmm. whenever they need her. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like she yeah. she flew in right when Iron Man was about to lose his oxygen. Yeah, bam, that's her entry yeah, to the film. That's always, and then right. right, and then at the end they needed her like. The, they were being overwhelmed by all the the gunfire, the gun, the thing from the sky, and then mm-hmm. she comes in, bam, you know, like that's that's her role. It's kind that's of her role. it's interesting to to me though, like um, what she was doing during that time that she wasn't around. She was just kind of like monitoring basically the rest of the universe, right? Yeah, um, something like that. I mean, she was helping I think out. Maybe if she does, yeah, if she does a second movie, I think that would be a great thing to explore. What I mean, yeah, what I mean, what it's out there. With- and needs yeah, her help. I mean, since we've established how strong it is, and the MCU established how strong it is, I mean, the, the, it's always it's always tricky um, trying to figure out how do you tell a story of a character this powerful? Like the the best versions of of, of um, characters with that are overpowered that I know of are are from are from anime. One Punch yeah. Man and uh, Mob Psycho One Hundred. The way they were handled were. Um, were really great because they focused on the character, not on her powers. So mm. I'm hoping the MCU is able to do something like that for Captain Marvel. Now that like we know that she's this overpowered being, and it's and and I hope it's not just it's not something to do with her being uh, depowered or or just having to face something that's something that's already that's another another being that's more powerful than her i hope it's something else i hope they do something different with with her yeah it's always challenging because then what sort of conflict are you going to give this incredibly powerful being yeah you know like it's always there's always that challenge i mean Mm -hmm. with the flash it's always someone might be faster than him you know what i mean but like for captain marvel how could you know what's the conflict there i mean yeah like Mm -hmm. what's the challenge that she has to face Mm -hmm. or the problem or conundrum that she has to overcome mm-hmm. um so yeah so i guess we can say generally that yeah it was sort of a cop-out mm-hmm. um yeah it made sense it made sense yeah um forgivable 
forgettable yes. for sure. Next question. <laughs> Next question is, um, so I think let's tackle the biggest one, which mm-hmm. is the time travel bits. And that encompasses <laughs> a lot of different things. So a lot of the questions yeah. that I asked you fall yeah. under this umbrella. And that yeah. includes Captain America's. Yeah, the timelines, the alternate timelines, the parallel universes. That's Captain America, the Captain America, um, the Captain America bit where he became, he went back in time to put mm-hmm. back the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. He didn't come, he came back as an old person and lived this full life. Mm-hmm. Well, but th- that also means that there, like, there's another apparent Captain America who mm-hmm. lived to fight through the age of Ultron yeah. stuff and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was a bit confusing, which I, I think a lot of people found that confusing. And then also you've got the Nebula time travel bit, that yeah. issue where Nebula, the 2023 version of Nebula shot her mm-hmm. 2014 version. And it doesn't, I don't think it clearly, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, a plausible deniability there because we didn't exactly see 2014 mm-hmm. Nebula like breathe her last breath, but yeah. oh, that's true, that's true. there is something to be said about um, Iron Man snapping his fingers, and then obviously mm-hmm. 2014 Nebula would have gone with Thanos and all of his goons. Yeah. So how is how then is this tw- 2023 version alive now? You know what yeah. I mean. Um, and then also, <laughs> I'm just gonna run through everything and just um, the Gamora bit, 2014 mm-hmm. Gamora. Where did she go? She has no connection to Iron Man whatsoever. So Iron Man would not have been able to exempt her from mm-hmm. his snap. And then Loki, he escapes. He got he has the the, the Tesseract, I believe that was, or whatever, the the, the square the space stone. Basically. Yeah. Let's just call it the space stone. Yeah. The space stone. And yeah. he just vanishes. He escapes um from the twenty twelve uh, timeline after mm-hmm. the first Avengers film. Yes. Oh so, yeah, basically the time travel bit. Explain. <laughs> Go. Oh my gosh, this is well. The first thing, the, okay, the first thing that came to mind because like they were they were already hinting on time travel as early as Ant Man came in. Uh, yeah. Especially with Ant Man and the Wasp, they were talking about the quantum realm and how mm. time uh, behaved differently there, worked differently there. Um, yeah. So, it, going into this movie, and after having seen Infinity War, I kind of had an idea that it's and it, it's going to have something to do with time travel. And the thing with time travel is, mm. it's always it's always messy. I mean, have you ever seen a movie or ever or whatever yeah. pop culture creation where somebody time traveled and not and it went perfectly? And you know it, why? It you know exist. why that is. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not there is no real basis on the laws of physics exactly. in real life. So we're exactly. all just inventing it. No, I mean this is also why I mean when I found out that it was it was going to be time travel, I knew I I was going to let go of a lot of stuff because it's time travel and like you said there's yeah. no real world basis. We we can mm-hmm. argue on and on. I mean yeah, the universe sure. is going to set their own rules about um the universe, I mean the MCU rather is going to set their own rules about time travel and whatnot. And the thing about time travel rules in whatever media is they always get broken. Yeah. <laughs> there's always there's always a loophole, there's always a plot always. hole, there's oh they're always, always clunky and cluttered. Mm-hmm. Um I guess the thing for me though is that I, obviously given all of that, all of those facts that we know about pop culture and mm-hmm. time travel, is that 
to me, I think I hoped for me coming into this film, I hoped that yeah. one, they would have mm-hmm. not, I, they would have tried something else apart from time travel. Yeah. And yeah. two, if they did, that it would be like at least kind of tight, mm-hmm. tight, but at least it is yeah, tight yeah. given everything. Yeah. But yeah. the thing for me is I think those expectations speak more to the high standards that I hold the Marvel uh-huh. cinematic universe and the uh-huh. high bar that they set uh-huh. themselves. Yeah. And that I felt like if there was anybody who can lay down, like, or who can do it nicely, beautifully, mm-hmm. tightly, it would be them. So that was, I think, I think that's just cause like the standard that yeah. they set and you know, well, I like, yeah. The thing is say for a few things. Um, I think some of the time travel loopholes are deliberate. Uh, yeah, actually. that's actually how I thought right after I stepped off the cinema as well. Since like just just the way the Russo brothers weave this story, the way everything felt like things were set up, there were several callbacks to previous movies. You knew mm-hmm. that everything was planned, and everything that yeah. happened also the, some of the loopholes here are, might also be the MCU planting seeds for what's to come. Specifically speaking, so you go back to uh, the Loki from the 2012, who had the uh, who was able to get the space on the Tesseract. Um, we all know. I mean, I've read, we've read reports that Loki is going to have his own TV show in uh, Disney Plus, their uh, upcoming streaming platform, and that's going to end the Loki that we'll see. And in that in that um, series is probably this Loki. So mm-hmm. so there's there's some of that, and then. Of course, and then and then Cap. So going back to your question, uh, addressing your question about Captain America, um, there were a lot of questions. There were a lot of questions, and there were a lot of theories about it as well. For me, I think one of the one of the things that that I bought uh, was probably two Steve Rogers existing in the same timeline. That that could have been that could have been a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, I feel like that was deliberate. I because mm-hmm. like. The thing is, the moment that they decided that they wanted to time travel, they already created a different different branches of the reality. It's the only way to do it, especially since you knew that there was going to be... They had to introduce this concept now because there's there are... I mean, in the real world, there are... Um, they have titles. They, they, they just reacquired... Marvel just reacquired certain things like the... Uh, Fantastic Four, X Men. We all know that they're coming. And how are you gonna tie them ni- neatly into the MCU? Uh, you're you're gonna have to. You need some sort of device. Yeah. And what better way to do it than time travel and alternate realities, which is a staple in comic books. Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. it wasn't a part of the comics anyway. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. also they used time travel deliberately. I think it it suited them yeah. well in the aspect that. Whereby the they, yeah, the whereby they went through this kind of nice jaunt through memory lane through mm-hmm. the past yeah. of the entire and the the past first decade of this mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe and all the great moments there, and just kind of brought that back for all the fans. So it is in a way, it's also a bit of fan service, I reckon. Mm-hmm. And definitely, definitely fan service. Yeah, and it 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 ties in a little bit to recall this moment where um they're just, they're kind of telling. Uh, Ant Man, how all of the Infinity Stones were um, were collected, or where because he's kind of existing in this his own separate alternate parallel universe where he's not part of everyone. Um, 
so it's it's like it's like it's also kind of a way to loop fans in who have not been following as much, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it became this plot device for something like that as well, like on a practical, and then also on um, a kind of nostalgic level, I suppose. Yes. You, you kind of explained it nicely in terms of uh-huh. for Cap, the really alternate, really. yeah, the alternate, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's why there are yeah. two Captain Americas existing, yeah. for instance. I I don't I don't I mean thank you for saying that but I don't think I did but I mean it's still because like in my head it's still pretty messy and uh, I think a lot is, of people's yeah. heads it is yeah it's still it's still it's still clunky it's messy but you know I'm a as a fan of all of this and just just being able to see this come to life in a cinema and in live action is just it's a feat in itself so you kind of um tend to let go of some things um, yeah and as for as for Gamora and uh, Nebula. Actually, yeah, that was uh, that was actually it was actually I didn't I didn't think of that right away, uh, the Nebula part because she essentially future Nebula essentially set, shot her past self, right? Um, but the thing about that is, uh, and it and also I think it ties into the snap, and and mm. the alternate universes that I, w- I was talking about, because um, essentially what happened was like as I said earlier when they, the the very moment that they time traveled, they created a branch of reality in each of those points. Where they time traveled, so the thing mm-hmm. is, the thing is now, the Nebula, the 2014 Nebula that was shot and probably died, along with every, along with Thanos and all of his forces, those, mm-hmm. the, those were they were all from 2014, right? Mm-hmm. They they exist in a reality outside of the timeline of the current MCU that we've seen so far. So there is a reality now where Thanos never gets the stones because mm-hmm. he died. In the future, because yeah. he died in another reality. So this is where it gets confusing. But it is right. It gets it. It does get a little confusing, especially like, when you kind of take into consideration the fact that the ancient one says that if you bring back the stones to where they were in the first place, like you mm-hmm. cut off the other alternate. No, the reality, thing about right? the thing about the ancient ancient ones. Her worry is, um, her worry is the existing the existence of a reality where all. Where, where there's a missing infinity stone in one of those realities. But the thing is, um, they did go back to those realities and returned. So essentially, nothing was, was ever missing. Nothing, uh, they didn't really take away the mm. infinity stones. They just used it in their reality. But they, 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 they Yeah, they just moved it. It, it, was, it was so convenient. But at the same time, the fact is they did create alternate realities. The thing that also that's, that's think, something that they didn't explain, but that's something that I, I that's my theory at least that yeah. them them going back automatically created a different reality, and that different reality is um and it I think it's it's diff it's different for for every for each point in time that they went back to um like I said earlier so for so there were three times so there were three teams right so there were yeah. three different alternate realities yeah. that were created yes. alternate essentially because like the moment that they stepped on there. Uh, and, and started affecting what was happening. You already changed something, and when you already change something, that that creates a different reality already. That creates a different yeah. stream of time. The issue probably is just that it wasn't as probably as clear. I guess. Yeah. I mean, th- these are things that you you but kind of process kind of after know. the fact. Yeah, after the fact, or yeah. after you and, read things. Uh huh. But again, like I said earlier, I think it was deliberate that they didn't uh, explain it in that movie. And besides. If for a three-hour movie, this was already super packed. I don't know where you're. I don't know where you're gonna 
uh, insert that mm-hmm. explanation further. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it wouldn't make sense to uh, discuss the existence of other realities for a movie that for a movie that had to feel final. Mm. And it had so to this, focus on that one uh, reality yes. that they were all mm-hmm. fighting for and existing yes. in. Exactly. So I feel like I feel like it'll be addressed in future MCU films. Uh, that that's my hope at least. Uh, mm. I, I feel like they have to. I mean, again, it's not neat, it's not clunky, but I I feel like it's deliberate. Because how how neatly can you tie up time travel anyway, right? Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah. The one thing that I didn't right away notice as well was the fact that I I initially thought Thanos had destroyed the Infinity Stones with the stones. Like, mm-hmm. remember that first part of the film, right? Yeah. Apparently, he just kind of made them really, really small, like subatomic or something like that. Um, really? What? Yeah, because imagine. Uh, I discussed this with another friend. Because yeah. imagine, if I asked the question, so if then he destroyed those Infinity Stones, so they were essentially in a world where there were no Infinity Stones, and the Ancient One clearly said that if one was missing, oh. then there would be chaos. Right? That's I just true. thought about that literally two hours ago. See, that's, and that's another asked, thing. Posted, that's another yeah, thing. Right? So, we, yeah. it, it, you know, it could not, it, that's another issue. But my mm-hmm. this other friend of mine who is a huge fan of the comics as well, he said that Thanos did not exactly um, uh, destroy, he didn't destroy it. He just made them like really, really small. Mm-hmm. Um, reduced. He reduced them to atoms. That's how he described it. Mm-hmm. They're present quote, they're present but not in a tangible enough state to be put into a gauntlet. Which then kind of so they're there in the in the world still, so it's fine. But then that also made me think like, okay, why did not why could couldn't they just maybe try to all be subatomic like Ant Man and look for the stones there? You know what I mean? Just kind of thinking of another way to solve the problem. But yeah. They don't have knowledge of that. Yeah. But also yeah, yeah. 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 that makes sense as well. Uh there was a in Guardians of the Galaxy the collector explained that these stones were essential to the very fabric of reality. So exactly. maybe they, maybe these stones are indestructible. Yeah, they could just be mm. warped and sh- reshaped. Reshaped, and- yeah. Because then, like, the soul stone is the same, right? I mean, you yeah. don't get it physically until you get... I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like... It requires, yeah. The soul stone requires sacrifice. Yeah, so I feel uh, like uh, I don't yeah. feel like it's just being hit. It's is like the skull, the red skull. That's a red skull, right? I don't think he's yeah. just hiding it in his pocket, and then you know, once someone dies, yeah. just give hand it over. Um, uh-huh. I feel like it kind of it takes a different shape, and then once the soul is there, it then becomes that stone, They're physical great. stone you can touch. Um, okay, so I think we sort of made sense of the time time travel bit. I think sort just of. the one thing that's the important to remember. Yeah, the important thing to remember is that each time they went back, there are alternate realities, and therefore, it doesn't mean that it would affect directly or in a linear way the yeah. reality that we know now, exactly. that we are yep. following in these films. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just important to remember. So then that bec- then, then it becomes possible for Captain America to, like, the two Captain Americas to live kind mm-hmm. of in, within the same you know, to live simultaneously, to be alive simultaneously. So, yeah. So, I guess we can move on from time travel finally. Yeah. Um, hopefully. But I feel like that's just going to be a topic of, I mean, of a lot of fan theories for a long time. You know, until probably they explain it in a more yeah. succinct and a more in-depth mm. level. Um, so, my other question was this. This was not in, in immediately obvious. 
mm-hmm. um, it was kind of just presumed. So like I was shocked that um, Iron Man managed to get the Infinity Stones and put it into mm-hmm. onto the right, right. Um, it made sense when once you you know once you said it, but like mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're watching, it's not like uh, immediately apparent, or you know, yeah, it's not yeah. as obvious. Think, so yeah, I Go think ahead. I think for most of the people that I, I was watching the movie with. Um, I mean, most of the people in the theater theaters, um, I think they had, most of them had the same reaction as like, how did that happen? How did this? Mm. And for the most part, I just realized um, this is why, uh, and then it's, it's, it, we go back to Infinity War when Doctor Strange gave up the time stone. Yeah. Um, because like, right, the moment before he gave up the time stone, Tony was about to get killed. Mm. But for them to win, Tony had to survive. Why? So, because it was Tony who figured out time travel, and it was also, and then the gauntlet that they made, uh, essentially to to hold the six stones so they can reverse this, the effect of the snap, is essentially Tony's also, Tony's yeah. tech. Yeah. Mm. So and and we've seen and it was displayed that it's the nanotech and how it can go in and out of and he can basically, um, actually the, the the way the way they set up. Tony Stark's tech now is that he can basically do anything now with with nanotech mm. and whatnot. So the mm. moment the moment he touched um, Thanos's uh, the the gauntlet on Thanos's hands at that point, Thanos snapped right, and then he realized the yep. stones were not there. And and you notice when when Tony brought up his arm, it's not like the stones were already there. The stones were moving in place. I did not notice that. I think I've only seen the it stones, once. So yeah, yeah. So the stones were moving in place, and I'm like, when I saw that, oh, so they're kind of floating. That makes sense. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's so, kind of like something else. Like the nanotech was holding it. It's not yeah, really like super moved, instant into Yes, exactly. It moved it from the gauntlet on Thanos's hands to the armor uh, to Tony's armor. Nanotech is just this thing, like it's kind of like Captain Marvel, right? Where it just fixes a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been a, it's just also a sci-fi staple. Nanotech is, a, is a, for sure, a, for sure. It's been there for like for the longest time, so I kind of have a vague idea of how they kind of wanted to work. Yeah. So for that's why for me, oh yes, of course, that's why he had yeah. to survive because he's the one yeah. who figures out this whole time travel thing. Yeah, that was an interesting point. Yeah. That was an interesting point because um Thanos was about to kill Tony at that point in Infinity right. War and then mm-hmm. and then uh, Doctor Strange who had sw- had sworn on his life that he would choose the stone over Tony yeah. or Peter Parker's life mm-hmm. um suddenly said, "No, stop. I'll give you the mm-hmm. stone." And that's actually that's what's been what's also great about these movies is like Marvel has done a great job of of Sticking, Marvel has done a great job of with its characters, with their characters, and mm. these characters having values. So when they do something uncharacteristic, you know right away that it's for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. So, so it was, it was great. It was really great. How that's why, that's why I also thought. I mean, this this goes w- all the way back to the other movie. So everything that ha- that is happening now, it can't possibly be a loophole. It's a, it's a deliberate. It's something deliberate. Yeah, yeah. They they oh. they intended for that to happen. I think exactly. I think uh, with Tony, that was out of character for him to to to, to snap right to sacrifice. Yes. yes. But it was a ama- like 
Oh my God. That was one of my favorite things as well. Like I, mm-hmm. I cried, I bawled at his death. <laughs> I just, I could not, mm-hmm, like I was sniffing mm-hmm. in the cinema mm-hmm. and I was, I was crying because it was emotional. I was crying within the context of that emotion that he's dying and mm-hmm. his character is dying, but it felt, it felt like it needed to happen. It felt like inevitable, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. because if he, if he inevitable. Did, I, yeah, he's the real inevitable, yeah. he's the real one, not Thanos. Yeah. Um, I felt like if it would be a disservice if he didn't die, yeah. it's just you know, I mean, after everything that he had uh, since the beginning, and then it starts with him, and then it, it all ends, ends with him. yeah, it starts and ends with Tony, with yeah, it's, it's complete poetry, yeah. and it is, it is, it's so damn beautiful, it's just. It is. It's beautiful. <laughs> and he, the, the woman says, I am Iron Man. And it's just... Like, oh, man. Chills, I, man. Chills. Oh, yeah. The, I, like, the goosebumps. chills. Yeah. My hairs on my skin stood up. That was the moment. That was an incredible, incredible moment. And I love that he, the human, did it. Yeah. That this, like, it could easily have been Captain Marvel or... Yeah. Hulk again or Thor, like mm-hmm. these other beings that are more yeah. powerful than him. But it was the human yeah. who did it, who made like, the at ultimate. At that moment, happen. it had to be him. Yeah, that was insane. And just, I mean, and then you know, once he snapped his finger, you know, he was going to die. It's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been a total rip off if he did it and somehow survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was suing or something like that. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think also, can I just say, like, I think with the gauntlet bit. I think what also made me at least kind of like wonder what happened there was mm-hmm. the fact that they made it such a huge deal for Thanos to have the gauntlet to be able to wield these stones. And the yeah. fact that I think, remember with the first Guardians that do you remember like I think it, like, it was impossible for a human to hold the stone like um with Chris Pratt like the dance scene you remember that yeah. like no, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so I mean so the kind of I guess like just the president is that it's it's this mass. These stones are massive things that you can't just touch and you can't just mm-hmm. wield them easily. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what just made me kind of d- do a double take. Like, okay, like how the hell did he do that so easily? Okay, so I think we've wrapped up with the questions. Yeah. Although we have a lot of other stuff that we want to talk about and just. So yeah, what about you? Favorite, favorite moments? I guess the key uh, things that you really, really loved. I mean, it's, I think- it's a lot, right? It's, it's, it's there's, there's a lot there's a lot i yeah. mean um but first of all I'd, I'd like to talk about a little bit about the how it's how this movie is structured because it's way mm-hmm. different from infinity war uh yeah. i remember i remember I, I forgot who i told this to infinity war felt more like a uh it it didn't it didn't feel like a movie in a sense that it didn't have like a straight up you know that this is the first act second act third act mm-hmm. for me it didn't have that um mm-hmm. it was really more like a like binging a season of like a 12-series Netflix episode of mm-hmm. Thanos collecting the stones. That that's what it felt like to me. But this mm-hmm. one had a clear, had a more had a more clear structure. So you have um, in Act One, you you have our heroes dealing with the loss. And yeah. then in Act Two, um, they decide to deal to they decide to do something. They, they really action, yeah. there's a way to do it, right? And then the third act is like the the big battle, which I. Oh my gosh, that's where most of the mo- <laughs> most of the moments that I yeah. I, I had about art because that's you know I that's I'm a comic book 
geek and I like exploding stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's yeah. So um, so that there was, was an incredible scene. But the thing is, um, with in comic books as well, they do have these little like smaller, quieter moments too. And and Act One felt like that for me as mm-hmm. well. I mean, um, yeah, it didn't have the big battles and whatnot, but because it it made it again, it made sense. And then I really, I really loved the fact that they really gave people time, or they gave it, uh, they made sense of the loss, or they they gave people, uh, and, and they gave the characters at least, they they gave them time to mourn. Like they, yeah. they showed that they were mourning, they they were grieving, and they showed how everyone was dealing with it. So I think that was perfect, and it really set the it really sends you in an emotional roller coaster like this film because you feel mm. so many emotions. Um, so you there's there's loss, you're so sad in Act One, and then you get you get to mm. Act Two with all of the fan service during the time heist. So there's a lot of nostalgia there, a lot mm. of happy moments, and then you get to Act Three where um, Act Three. I mean, I told you this, like, my heart was literally racing the entire time. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. it, I was like, wow, what is this? Why am I feeling like this? I, wow, mm-hmm. wow. I think that's what worked for me for this film, that mm-hmm. why I loved it. It wasn't, I loved all of the, like, I loved all of the, the action scenes, like the massive, the act three, yeah. the massive, massive battle, battle. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, Doctor Strange coming in to save the day. <laughs> He's such an underrated character, by the way. Just putting this out there, my favorite Avengers from the very beginning of time that I watched this, at least, mm-hmm. is Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and second is Doctor Strange. It's just so under. Thor is like super, like oh up God. there, obviously. But then Thor is super. Uh, sorry, un- uh, Doctor Strange is super underrated. And the fact that he knew that this was all going to happen, and he just like came in and tried yeah. and trapped and brought all the Wakandans with him. You're like, you're and... like the super powered ones, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's just super <laughs> badass, and yeah, yeah just, he knows what's going to happen. But yeah, anyway, so I loved all of that. But what really drove home this mm-hmm. film for me, what really brought it home, is the whole poignancy of it mm-hmm. and the whole. The emotion of it, the relatability of it. You mentioned it already. Like you, as as an as watchers of this film, you are taken through an emotional roller roller coaster. And the fact of the matter is, those emotions that they're putting you through, those are all emotions that all of us feels feel emotions that all of us feel. We we don't have to be Iron Man or we don't have to be Thor to feel grief to feel Mm -hmm. like we failed. To feel like we, we there's no hope, yeah. you know what I mean. To feel like we're at the end of our tether, um, mm-hmm. so they're all relatable. And I think for me, this entire film, as opposed to to Infinity War and maybe a lot of the other MCU films as well, um, this film is actually not so much about the battle anymore and about solving the Thanos problem. It to me, it's more of a profound exploration of loss, of grief, of family, of friendship, love, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. all of these things that we all have in common in mm-hmm. real life and in fiction. And it, to me, it reminds me of Pixar films. You know how right. Pixar films kind of use cartoons as a device to explore these complex real life human feelings and issues. 
like mm-hmm. human feelings, like sadness in um, uh, Inside Out, right? In that sense, um, and Avengers Endgame explores loss. The biggest thing, I guess, is loss mm. um, and pain. Definitely. Through a blockbuster Hollywood film. And it's so uncommon to see that, I feel like. I feel like with blockbuster Hollywood films, it's just a lot of explosions, a lot of big things, and it just it's, there's so much hype. But then this film kind of just powers down, mm. and it just it quiets down. It feels so grounded. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, at the first, at the first, very first scene with um with Hawkeye and losing oh. his family, that is that's like, up. And the audience, every everyone already knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody knew, and that sets up everything so nicely. It's just that yeah. that quiet moment, you're living yeah. your life, and then suddenly, poof, they're, they're gone. gone. Yeah, right. And that's that's it. And then what happens to you afterwards? The one thing also that I really love is they finally allowed Thor a moment, a huge moment to grieve mm-hmm. him losing everything. Yeah. I mean, he lost his brother, lost his father, lost his mother a few movies ago, mm-hmm. and lost half or more of his, of his Asgard, Asgardian people lost yeah. his entire Asgard. <laughs> he literally lost everything. So mm-hmm. I don't care if people think that like Thor looks like shit because of his beer belly and his he was incredible... Grieving. He was grieving. Yeah, like, exactly. I love that. Like, let him grieve. Let him be miserable and drunk and, like, stinky. You know, that's what mm-hmm. happens when you're depressed, when you're grieving. That, that, that's what it is. That odd tour. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. I'm, I'm glad that they allowed him to do that. And so I, I think you mentioned it as well yesterday, uh, no, uh, earlier today, that you... I think you put a put a worded it perfectly where he they powered Thor down, mm-hmm. and he needed that. He needed yeah. that because like, he's just like so up there. It makes sense. It makes sense. Powering down makes, makes, so makes sense. sense. Yeah, and I love that you you mentioned this as well. I love the fact that you mentioned that he stopped during that time that he was grieving. He wasn't worthy of his own weapons. Oh yeah, Stormbreaker yeah. and Mjolnir. Can mm-hmm. you can you? Talk about that, I guess. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. Mentioned- yeah. And I don't think a lot of people noticed it as well. Um, yeah. So the, the, the entire time that he was grieving, we saw him, we saw Mjolnir in Norway, right? The, the new mm. Asgard, basically. But never did we see him wield Mjolnir, uh, no, Stormbreaker, rather. We mm. Never did we see him wield Stormbreaker up until the point where they had to fight Thanos. During the time that they were, gonna, uh, that they were going on a time heist, he actually, when when he went to the Avengers HQ, he didn't have Stormbreaker with him. I mean, of course, you can summon him. Uh, the idea is that you can summon him anytime, but I felt like mm. um, he couldn't because he wasn't worthy. He was feeling yeah. down on him. He was feeling very down on himself yeah. and whatnot. But that changed after when he went on the time heist and uh, spoke with his mother. Mother. Mm. Um, so he kind of had um, a clarity about, you know, he, he needs to stop being who he's supposed to be and just be himself. That was incredible. I love that right. quote by Figa. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not you're not supposed to succeed at being at being who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to succeed at being who you who are. You are. And that, that, that kind of like that opened his eyes. And when that happened, that's that's the only time that he tried to summon Mjolnir, right? Yeah. And that was did. extraordinarily and, profound. Yeah, and then he and he also mentioned and and then he said, Oh, I'm worthy, I'm still worthy, something like that. I forgot the exact line. Yeah. He said something I'm like still that. worthy, I think, is yeah, the line. I'm still, I'm still worthy. So, yeah, so, so there's that. So either either he really wasn't worthy or he felt like he wasn't worthy, so he wasn't he didn't bring Stormbreaker along with him. Yeah, I feel like it's so, the second one. He felt yeah. like he wasn't. Yeah. So because the, the thing with that 
the thing with Thor is it's not also just grief that he was dealing with loss. It's not just that. Mm. It's also failure. That's also the yes, one other thing failure, that's actually, so subtle. Failure. And it's not just Thor. It's also Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah. The, just the, these three, the three leaders, the three strongest Avengers, uh, of course, Captain Marvel not included, but um, they all, like, they could not move on from their failure to stop Thanos. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man was living this life in the co- in the woods or whatever, but yeah. you knew that it was eating him up inside. He had not yeah. moved on. Yeah. And I love that because, like, these are superheroes and they failed. And that's just yeah. a thing that, I love that they explored that concept because that makes them relatable to us as well as mm-hmm. these as ordinary mortals. Yeah. <laughs> like we fail every single day, yeah. you know. So that was that, especially for Thor because like he's a god, you know. Yeah. At least Captain America and um, Iron Man are humans, but with uh, well, the thing with Ar- Iron Man, I guess like he's this rich guy, you know. So there's also that thing where like. Mm-hmm. Oh, this really, really powerful rich person can also fail, and and then you've got Captain America who has this physical strength, and all of that can also yes. fail. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's the thing about, like I said, that's the thing about um, these. That's what Act One did for me, uh, and for these mm-hmm. characters is that they were more, they were more human more than anything else, because mm-hmm. these are all these are emotions and these are things that we all deal with. These are universal mm-hmm. things. Uh, failure mm. is universal. Loss is universal, and everyone, every single mm. one of us, feels it. That's why. Mm. That's how it became relatable, and I yeah. think that was really perfect. That's a really perfect way to set things up. So when the so right around the time that they were they picked themselves up and they were trying to solve things, it it felt triumphant. Yeah. One other thing I thought about just now is also that the fact that um, they all try. This includes Black Widow. That they all tried to. Like, I mean, they killed, the, the biggest plot twist, I guess, for this film is that they killed Thanos in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, they, they, he that. went for the head. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that kind of, I think that also ties into the failure bit. Because mm-hmm. they suddenly had no thing, no physical person to chase. Like, there was nothing to do mm-hmm. except to move Just on. Because they had killed yeah. Thanos already. Yeah. yeah. So they, they could not... Uh, they cannot. They don't have anywhere else to unload all of their anger on. So violence did not did nothing for Thor. He yeah. be, beheaded Thanos, but it just didn't do anything. It didn't, like yeah. it didn't fix anything. Didn't didn't fix anything. So violence never fixed anything. It's the same for Black Widow. She could not like. She, all of them thought that if they killed him, they you know it, things would be better. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's real life as well. Like That's if true. someone hurts you, you can't retaliate like that. Yeah. So what have you got to do? Or if there's a problem, right? You can't yeah. retaliate with violence. So yeah, what do you have to do? On. Yeah, exactly. You process it and you deal with it. Wow, so we've so done profound. all the... Yeah, this is, this is really so profound. Um, we've not even touched on Black Widow's death. Yeah, oh my and God. Yeah. That was insane. I think... It was, it was. But, but the moment you knew that she went to get the soul stone with yeah. Hawkeye, I mean, it had to be her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It just... I mean, I actually, uh, Hawkeye they, had a family. I, watched, I saw some uh, YouTubers and read a few articles calling out Nebula for not telling them about. Uh, yeah. About, but the thing is, actually, he didn't. She doesn't know what happened exactly. She just knows that Gamora was killed there, and her assumption is that Thanos killed her in Morag. Oh no, that was a Morag. Um, I forgot the place. Um, Morag. I know it was. No, Mor- was Morag was the right? Power Stone. No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway, I forgot, I forgot yeah. the name of the place. But yeah, Vormir. Vormir. There you go. 
Okay. Um, my biggest assumption is that Thanos just killed um, Thanos just killed Gamora there because he had no use for her afterwards. That's, oh, that's not because he was a sac- she was a sacrifice. Yeah, no, nobody had knowledge of that. Mm. So I mean, so it was it was um, I, I just thought it was funny that some people pointed out because it's kind of weird. It's yeah. that soul stone is a weird thing because that's the only one that has some sort of exchange that yeah. needed an exchange, right? I mean, that's the true. mind stone. What you need a brain or I mean, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, nothing else had any sort of yeah. kind yeah. of exchange needed. So uh-huh. uh, it was easy to presume if you're one of them, like okay, you just get it, grab it yeah. and go. Um, but yeah, but once you knew that, I mean, as a, as as fans, obviously, once mm. you when it's, once it was them, you knew it mm. had to be yeah. Black Widow. You knew you were saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I, but it was beautifully done though that scene, that entire kind of yeah. them uh, fighting each going other, like nope, yeah. yeah, going back and forth. That and was still, beautiful. Done. And it's also, I mean, what do you call this? And it still maintained the Hawkeye and Black Widow dynamic. I mean, that's how they've yes. always been as, uh, I miss as them. I yeah. missed them. Yeah, miss them. I missed them. I Hawkeye in general. We need a we need a Hawkeye and Black Widow thing sometime soon. I don't know. Maybe for, for maybe for her the next movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can they can we can explore the relationship I so. there. I hope so. I think let's not let's end. We should probably end later on with Iron Man's death. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. But for now, let's try to go to the lighter parts of the yeah. of the. Oh film. my god! Can I start? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, go I mean, ahead. It, it has Tell to me. be. It has to be like the big battle, right? When when it started and whatnot. I mean, yeah. Yes. It was, um, it was the three of them: Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, and all mm. three who had had their own movies facing off against mm. uh, against Thanos, and um, they were losing and whatnot. And the then Captain Captain Freaking America saves saves Thor's ass. Uh, saves saves Thor from getting killed mm. and wielding Mjolnir. I'm like. I mean, I know that's been done in the comics. I actually, I had a faint idea that it might be done in uh, in in the movies, but I just mm. just the moment that they did it and the that and how it was done and how it was executed, it was mind blowing. Mind it was. blowing. And it I feel was. like that's everyone's. That's a lot of um, a lot of people's uh, a lot of people's favorite moment from that movie as well. For sure, I, it was I, badass. They didn't they didn't see it coming. Um, I, 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 I honestly didn't see it coming as well. Well, I, I knew Captain America is one of those characters who actually um, was able to wield Mjolnir for a while, but mm. but the, just the way they did it, man, it was amazing. Yeah, it was just so badass, and it yeah. goes back full circle to the first Avengers, I think that was, or this, or With the first, I think the first Avengers. Yeah. Oh, sure uh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Where was it? When he tried, when they were playing the game on the ta- around oh, the table, no, and right. it was trying Ultron. to, it was Ultron, right? Yeah. They were trying to lift. Uh, Captain America was trying to lift me on there, it and budged. it slightly lifted, it budged, it budged right? Yeah, and it yeah. goes back to that, and then Thor in Endgame is like, "I knew you were worthy." <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible, and him having a shield and a weapon like that. Yeah. It, it was amazing. It was badass. Yeah, it was super badass. badass. And like, let me tell you, people in the cinema screamed. They yelled. Oh, they cheered. Yeah. I felt like it was in a sports sporting event. Exactly. I clapped my hands actually after seeing. It. I'm like, whoa! It was really, it was amazing. It it really it, um, got that kind of reaction. Yeah, I just I punched the air to that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, it, it deserves. Extra, it deserves an airplane. Yep, it does. It does. 
<laughs> and tying into that is Thor using two hammers, the St- Stormbreaker and Mjolnir at the same time. Yeah. That was With all of his thunder, lightning. <laughs> oh. And then him, that small moment when he gives Mjolnir to Captain mm-hmm. America, like, yep, you get the small one, I get the big one. <laughs> and I actually funny. thought, and then for a while I thought, since that was the battle that was going on, right? I actually mm-hmm. thought they were going to beat Thanos with just that, with just the three of them. Because like, because mm-hmm. up until that point, the story had always had only been about um, the original Avengers, right? And dealing, yeah. dealing with Thanos. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, this is it. This is how it's going to end. And then boom. I mean, they all fall down. And then Cap tries to stand up. And then Thanos yeah. summons his freaking army with only Captain America standing there. And, then, and it's half broken shield. It's half, half, half broken shield. shield, right? Yeah. And then, and then you hear on your left, I'm like ah! And then, when, I, when I heard that, when I heard that, ah! Oh my god! I remember I that moment internally. I'm like, I just, I, I took a deep breath. Like, ah! I love that was also that was like, also a clapping moment in the cinema. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. Inside, I'm like, oh, everyone's here. Everyone's back. That makes yeah, sense. Like, of course, they're back. <laughs> oh my god and then just the Wakandans everywhere uh, uh, and then that's what I was telling you the moment with the round circles <laughs> the Doctor yeah Strange her Doctor out. Strange yeah. <gasps> and all of that oh my god can I just say also that I loved Benedict Wong had a line <laughs> Wong Wong just Wong Benedict Wong is the actor yeah. Wong had a line it's just what was that um, Doctor Strange uh, asked if that's everyone right it's everyone then, here yeah uh, it's everyone here and it's like Okay. What, you like, wanted more? Um, <laughs> yeah, we wanted more. <laughs> I love him. I love him. It was great. Um, yeah, it was great. I also love the reunion bit between Peter yeah. Parker. You know, people cheered when Peter, so everyone came, right? One yeah, by yeah. one, all of the fallen Avengers came, and Peter was the last one. And people yeah. were like, I watched in London, okay? So he's yeah. British. I feel like it's because he's British, and they knew it. Um, and people were like, yeah, that's our dude. Like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the most popular Marvel character. You know? it's a, yeah, yeah, you mentioned this, so, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like the that's people, that the case. Yeah, yeah it's just um, they were yeah. cheering him on. And, and I love like, that reunion moment with P- with Tony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A reunion moment where they, this is nice. you know, like, yeah, like kid, and and the fact that that little thing that kind of the Peter Peter kind of um, threaded the story a little bit when he said like, oh yeah, Doctor Strange kind of woke us up and says like, oh yeah, no, they, come on, they need us. That was just it's a little idea. thing. But it yeah. yeah, just to tell you like how they went from that point in Infinity War to mm. there. Agree. And it's yeah, it's it's a small thing, and just oh, and then Tony being so relieved. Can I just say Robert Downey Jr. slayed the acting in this film? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially the the first, the, when the conf- the confrontation between him and Captain America. Captain America, yeah, definitely. Yeah. At the beginning, that was scene. that was a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Um, other things during the during the battle, the girl mm-hmm. power moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I knew we were going to talk about this. Like the moment that happened. Oh man, Jane went. Jane, yeah. Jane's only gonna I like. Yeah. I know. I just sat up and like, yeah, my women. Like, I just, I love it. And then, like, all of them. It's all of these powerful female characters, and it was, yeah. it was such a good fan service moment, and it was so important because they had killed Black Widow, yeah. which was she was the big, the main female character and the only main one, mm-hmm. and they'd killed her off. Yeah. You know, so it was really nice to kind of see that salvation, like. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's she, more. That's it, 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 like, more. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. She's not exactly the, the, the words that they said. She's not alone. Uh, yeah. yeah, us. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That was a fan service moment as well. Just kind it of was definitely a definitely all. a fan service yeah. moment, but it, I guess it, it worked too. It worked. Um, yeah, and actually the, and then, the 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 thing that like like leading up to that moment, it was actually it was when they're passing the the gauntlet, right? So it was it was mm, yeah. who, it, it was Hawkeye who had it, um, and then they asked uh, what they what they needed to do with it and whatnot. Then it was first yeah. Hawkeye handed it to Black Panther first, mm. and Black Panther. Uh, and then handed it to uh, Spider-Man and then yeah. Peter handing it to Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel towards the end. And then like, it's really, it's, it's, it's passing the new, of the baton. It's passing of the plum, passing the torch. So yeah. it was a, it was a nicely crafted way. It was, it was blatant. I'm not sure if people uh, saw that right away. I saw I saw through it right away, but it was still nicely done. I think. Yeah. One of the things that was nicely done was Wanda's moment. She deserved oh, yeah. that moment after what happened with Vision, like after all that she had been through, mm-hmm. and she has she's such a power. She's and she let so she powerful. let out, man. Yeah, she let out. I yeah. mean, she was yeah. about to tear Thanos apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's yeah. incredible, and I love that they gave her that moment. And she's yeah. like, "You took everything from me. Mm-hmm. You, you sick bloody <laughs> motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> We're in a podcast. I can I can curse. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was, that was amazing. Yeah. That was intense. What else during the battle though? Oh, um, the moment that Captain America says Avengers, and then that quiet assemble. Assemble. That was yeah. That, that was, was and then just like the music cut. That was yeah. beautiful. It like, was. As a, as, as a someone who loves like the technic te- technical aspects of film, that was mm-hmm. beautiful. Beautifully done. The sound I, bit I of agree. that. And, I agree. Like it was a trip. I love that it was quiet, like a quiet voice, because that meant it was much more powerful. Yeah, like you don't need to be loud to be to to show power. You know, mm. you can be quiet. Yeah, powerful. Agree. That was oh, that ins- that that battle was just amazing. It was um, amazing. I like to go back a little bit though to to Act Two, um, yeah. the Hail Hydra moment. Oh, a lot of people yeah. screamed during yeah. that scene. Yeah. Can you talk about it? Yeah, I mean, okay. So it was um it was when they went back and tried to get the uh, uh what was it? The scepter, the mind stone. Yeah. Yeah. Um so when when um Captain America intercepted the Hydra agents, um yeah. everyone thought it was gonna be a fight similar to like calling back to the elevator fight back in uh Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. No, but it was a but oh man, I I geeked out on this because like it was just the perfect way to to do it to have Captain America say those words because yeah like, yeah because he said I remember the elevator scene because <laughs> like he said um he was at, he was he was telling the, these Hydra agents right that they didn't need to mm-hmm. that they didn't need to call the secretary and whatnot um it's okay yeah. you know and then he said hail Hydra. Um, yeah, and like that, that just blew my mind because it, it was just a perfect it way blew everyone's mind, and it was a perfect way to trick them. And and then also, it is also a call back to a uh, a recent Captain America comic where he was actually mm-hmm. in that comic in that particular one. He was actually a double agent for Hydra for the longest time, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was something unimaginable because for the, he's Captain. It's Captain America seeing Hail Hydra. Right, yeah. so it was super unimaginable, but they were able to pull it off. They they did it in in the most in the perfect moment, yeah, the perfect moment in a perfect way, and like it was just amazing. It was just it was actually 
for me, that that moment was even, was more amazing than the than the one that came out after the Cap versus Cap fight, which is yeah, it's fine, it's nice. Yeah, but like Hail Hydra was like that was it for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And now <laughs> everyone was like, whoa, right? everyone whoa. had that reaction in the cinema. It was, was amazing. amazing. And but the thing about the the Captain America versus Captain America battle was just it's just the ass. That is yeah, America's ass. That is America's ass. <laughs> that was, yeah. And that was amazing because, like, from the first, I think from the first uh, Captain America film, like, that's always been was what people have talked about. Yeah. People have been true. rushing over his ass. Yeah. So I love that there was that acknowledgement, acknowledgement of that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it almost felt like a f- fourth wall breaking. Almost. Yeah, it was, yeah. actually. <laughs> Another fun moment to me was um, Korg. Underrated, love him. <laughs> this is essentially Taika Waititi. Okay, like each time I see Korg, I love that he survived the snap. By the way, <laughs> and each time I see Korg, I don't see Korg. I see I don't see a character. I see Taika Waititi because <laughs> if you've seen him, yeah. it's, it's exactly him. Because I watch, he's like I've become a fan of his screenplays of his films, yeah. and he's an amazing screenwriter. And so I've been watching on YouTube like some of his um his talks, his conferences. He's he does, he's done a TED talk, and mm-hmm. if you've seen them. That is literally Cord talking on a TED talk. It literally is him, his personality. It's insane. So it's like, it's literally just him wearing, it's just like, it's him, <laughs> you, you, you gave him a stone body, yeah. but it's him. You don't need a characterization, just Taika Waititi. That's it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved, I loved seeing the, him there. Um, before we kind of wrap up, because we're like over an hour now yeah, of geeking yeah. out over this. I think we should at least mention as well the Hulk bit. Oh, right. Hulk- yeah. I never yeah. really cared for the Hulk. That's why. Anyway. Yeah, go on. No, just because like he managed to resolve. I think, I think, I think that lacked a bit of, a bit, a bit I think that would deserve, that could have, they could have done more with that. Like kind of how he got from, from not being able to summon uh, Hulk in the last film mm-hmm. to, being this fusion of Professor Professor Hulk, yeah, um, I think they could have done more with that, but obviously, I think obviously they lacked they lacked time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that's incredible. That I felt that after watching the dark, uh, what do call this Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, I felt I felt that like he needed that kind of like he finally accepted his other like he was he said it wasn't a curse. Hulk wasn't a curse to him anymore, and mm-hmm. then it became it this thing. That, it wasn't something that had to be cured. Yeah. yeah, and then but I really would like to see that how he resolved that within himself. That yeah. was missing. I felt that like it's just, yeah, it just yeah. we okay. had to we just had to accept that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You just explained it at a restaurant, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually, eating all his eggs. There's a lot of um, like the 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 five year gap thing. Actually, uh, it leaves open a lot of other stories that mean that needed to be that can can be told. Um, I mean, yeah. even Hawkeye. I mean, I I would actually I would I would read. Yeah, I would, I would watch. I well, I would watch a series of like Hawkeye, um, just going after murdering, <laughs> murdering criminals. Yeah, I would watch. Yeah, and like why? Yeah, like how he, you know, how he got to that point as well. Yeah. But you could see, you could see how. But it would be nice to, you know, to yeah. actually yeah. unpack all of that. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting to me with the Hulk bit. Um, just the fact that because I, I I saw like um uh, from the press junket last year's Infinity War. Um, Tom Hiddleston, not just Tom Hiddleston, but like a lot of the characters, mm-hmm. a lot of the actors were being interviewed asking, they were asked the question, who would you rather have dinner at a restaurant with, Hulk or Banner? And Tom Hiddleston, I remember Tom Hiddleston's answer because of the restaurant scene at Endgame. He said that 
like easy peasy. I mean, no question, Banner, because Hulk would destroy, destroy everything. everything. Yeah, he said there would be no table manners. Be really rude, and there wouldn't be any restaurant left. That's what he said, and I just it was so funny to see that to see Hulk sat on a restaurant, sat at yeah, a restaurant, yeah. and happily eating his eggs, taking selfies with people. <laughs> it was just like the the irony of that was it was really funny. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're missing. Oh no, uh, uh, Rocket. He had a moment with Thor, right? That was just one moment in the film. Wait, you remember, he, like he was trying to. Thor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was trying to hype up Thor, and then he kind of. That was when we kind of yeah. saw a little more, a little more of his emotion. But yeah, I would love to see more of that. Maybe at the next Guardians of the Galaxy, um, the installment. Okay, so I think. We're winding down now, yeah. but we need to um, we need to mention first before we go to the biggest mo- development of this film yeah. um, is the the second biggest one is the Black Captain America, which is woke moment oh, number two true. for this film. That's true. That's the true. passing of the torch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, take take the take the honors. Um, yeah. So well, when I saw that, uh, I felt like people were going to ask, "Well, why not Bucky? Bucky's the best friend, right?" Um, mm, yeah, but it, you already you also saw him like acknowledging the acknowledging saying yeah acknowledging telling Sam go ahead or like nodding basically, um, but it was done for two things. I mean, uh, if, I mean, I I think a lot of people know this anyway. I mean, it both Bucky and Sam Wilson took up the Captain America mantle for a certain period in time in the comics, uh, mm. but in in the most recent iterations, I think it's really it really is Sam who is Captain America. Mm. But like you said, I think it's uh, while so it really didn't matter who would wield it. But uh, for mm. the sake of our world right now, our reality right now, seeing a black dude wielding that shield meant a lot. And holding the title of Captain holding America, the title of, um, Captain America, right? Yeah, I think just knowing the social. Yeah. You know the social structures of what's going on in the U.S. Yeah. and everything. So I, I feel like I feel like it was a strong statement. Um, it was. It was a strong statement that they that they needed to make. Um, yeah. And that they actually made it was great. It was great. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, because if if it had been Bucky, then it would just be purely because he was his best friend. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's kind another, of like it's another white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, well, to be fair, he is uh, Romanian. Yeah, well, <laughs> but not really. Not the point. Still not the idea. point. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that was amazing. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt that, and was as you said, it was a powerful statement. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love that they gave Captain America a chance to pass it on. Yeah. As opposed to him dying and then just someone kind of randomly picking up, the, yeah. finding the shield and be like, okay, I'm going to be this now. Because mm-hmm. like, then there's the, that, that proper transition and the permission. Yeah. You know? I'm wondering if they're going to... I read this somewhere. Will he Will he be drained of the serum or something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Actually, I kind of came I, across it somewhere. I, uh, I was actually wondering about that too. Because I, I didn't really read... The, I didn't really follow closely the... The time that uh, it was Sam Wilson's run as Captain America, I didn't really, yeah, didn't really follow that all that closely. So I'm not sure if he's gonna have powers and whatnot. So we'll see. We'll see how yeah. they deal with it. This was actually towards the end of the, the end of the film, and then the end. The film ends with the frame of Captain America living his life with Peggy. Yeah, the dance, which was interesting to me. 
yeah, the dance, the dance that he never had, and now he finally finally gets, gets to yeah. do it. Yeah, and in in a home, in a life that he wanted, and that's also a little poignant to me, just because he's this superhero, mm-hmm. but like he, he was happiest in that very quiet moment at home with the love of his life, mm-hmm. just living a regular, like an ordinary life. Um, that was that was really nice, but uh, but um, yeah, I feel like that was a little not weird, I guess, but kind of. I don't know. I felt like maybe it could have the film could have ended with a different frame, but it was fine. But yeah, I think maybe an Iron Man frame. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So now we go to Iron the Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we know, we should, it's I mean, it's totally it's, fitting. It's exactly. <laughs> I was literally about to say that. Yeah. It's only totally fitting that we do that. <laughs> um, I just, I'd like to pick this up first. Yeah. At the moment, the Doctor Strange says, uh, like, does the shaky one finger. Mm-hmm. Because, like, right before that, like, several minutes before that, when once Doctor Strange and the gang arrived, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Iron Man, Tony asks him, like, "Hey, you, like, you know, like, fourteen million um, is this scenarios. It? Is this the one? Yeah, this is the one where we win." And 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 uh, Doctor Strange is like, "I can't. If I tell you, that it won't happen." Mm-hmm. And then, but then he kind of does mm-hmm. in that one finger. Yeah. That one. They look at each other, and I was like. Oh my god, this is it. This is so it. And yeah, I'd like to start with that. Just I just wanted to mention that bias towards Doctor Strange. <laughs> and the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch has read the entire script mm. and you can see it in his acting. There was a point to it and it paid off. Mm-hmm. The payoff was right there. Yeah. Um so yeah. So that was Iron Man. Yeah, it was it was a great moment and um and like it's also like you said earlier, it was inevitable. It had to be him. It had to be Iron Man there because I like I mentioned yeah. earlier the stuff that he figured out and whatnot. Because um, it was yeah. it was his mind that figured out the whole that enabled the yeah. whole thing to even yeah. be, for this thing to even be possible. And it was his, yeah. um, but ultimately it was his sacrifice that gave them oh, the win. That is so beautiful. Can you say that again? That is so beautiful. <laughs> Oh my god. That is so beautiful and so poetic. I need you to say it again. Go. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Now now it just feels weird. That just came to me at that moment. <laughs> I, did, I didn't plan that thing out. It just happened. Um Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, um like it was it was his mind, right? That figured out the time yeah. and whatnot. That's why they needed him. It was his tech that gave him that enabled them to get the stones. Um, but ultimately, it was his sacrifice, it, it, him snapping his finger, knowing for a fact that he was going to die, that he would, his body wouldn't be able to handle the effect of the snap. Uh, but he did it anyway, because that was the only way for them to win. So it was a sacrifice. Yeah. Gave them the victory, and it righted the yeah. world again. My, 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 hair, my hair is standing up again. <laughs> it's just chills of that. And as you mentioned earlier, that was so out of character. It was. And it I was. think that... That is best embodied self-sacrificing, in um, the self-sacrificing dude for, in the team is Captain America. It was him. Yeah, and I think that kind of that kind of redeems Iron Man, right? That's like true. during the civil no civil war, right? It was civil war where they were fighting, right? Yeah. Um, and people were divided. A lot of people sided with Captain America because yeah. he's like so self so good, and then you've got Tony, who's this jackass, <laughs> like. 
you know, a pompous jerk. Yeah. Um, probably, nobody yeah. liked him. Yeah. And then I feel like now that is the ultimate redemption. Like, even for fans, like, come on, man. You gotta love that. Yeah. Like, when it mattered most, when it counted, he was there. Yeah. He did it. And I think that's also how, why it worked so much because um, his his thing was always has always been like preventing all of this from happening, uh, right? He was and he was talking about mm. it back in Ultron, like putting a shield and armor around the world, uh, mm. and because like he wanted to protect himself. Yeah. But at th- at that point, um, you know what? I I don't need to protect myself. I need to protect everyone else, and this is the only mm. way to do it. I think, and he didn't know. I mean, he had a daughter. He had a daughter, so he did it anyway. Yeah, he did it anyway. Like he knowing did. that he had more to lose. Yeah, and that was the, and that there would be people who would be missing. Him. That was the that was the agreement that he had with um, uh, Captain America, right? So like they they return mm-hmm. they they bring back everyone that was snapped, but at the same time they wanted to keep. Um, what was the exact words? Uh, um, bring back people everyone, that already gave. Bring back everyone. I bring back all that they lost. But keep everything. Also keep um, all the they, because they, they found. Yeah, they found. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was great. It was great. And ideally, not to die. Yeah, ideally, ideally it doesn't happen. <laughs> which was which he addressed think, during the recording, right? Uh, right before his funeral. Yeah, yeah. I'll do the the recording bit first because I thought like once I knew that once he did the snap, I just I paid attention. I needed to know what his last words will be as Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it would have been. Babe, like I think it would have been babe, like the last kind of utterance that he told Pepper, mm-hmm. like because Pepper was like, "Look at me, look at me, yeah. Tony," and then Pepper was like, "It's okay, you can rest." Can rest. By the way, I love that. Yeah. I love that she wasn't like, "No, Tony, don't leave me." I love that. You I love that she was so accepting of it. Yeah. yeah, and she just she just knew that this was this was her husband. This was her husband's choice. Yeah. She did not hold. She, she did not. She did not begrudge him for that. Yeah, that was very incredibly selfless of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I thought that was his last word. We kind of said like uttered babe or something or whatever pepper i think but then he did the recording yeah he spoke and his last words were um i love you 3000 which was a reference to the i love you that his daughter said yeah, yeah. and everyone and, was about it actually love i love you 3000 people were posting about it yeah after the movie yeah it's <laughs> the thing is i love that he didn't say morgan i yeah. love you 3000 he said it and it's almost like as if almost as if to the camera and it felt like he was saying it to yeah, all of us, us, too. I agree. It's not just to uh, his <gasps> fictional I get, Now I got to see it again. I really need to see this movie again, man. Oh, it's so good. Insane. Insane. And that was, uh, that was a moment. That was a major moment. And and then I think the, the, to run, run back to the, to the sacrifice bit, I think the, one of the most important... Um, representations of that or symbolisms of that is when they let float on the water the the his what do you call that the thing on his chest um his arc reactor whatever yeah the arc reactor mm-hmm. and it had what what um, pepper wrote in the first film which is proof that iron man has a uh, tony stark has a heart mm-hmm. which i love because that came full circle as well so in the first film that meant that pepper meant that literally because that thing literally kept um tony stark's heart yeah. beating and then now it's floating over the water and it became this it has suddenly had this deeper profound meaning that transcended anything physical mm-hmm. it was then more a lot more it was a lot more meaningful because it was a sacrifice that was the proof that he had a heart that because because he made the ultimate sacrifice and that was, was i feel like 
a lot of people didn't quite realize that, or I don't know. I just, I felt that right away. That was the first thought that I had mm-hmm. when I saw that shot. Um, that was so, so beautiful. And yeah, oh God, the, that scene where they were saying that, like all of them kind of stood on the, on the, I don't know what you call that, like stood um, like by the water and all of the, all of the characters, all of the superheroes, all in black. And it just, it also felt a little bit like paying homage to, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man one, yeah. like because if that not had if that movie had not been successful, none of those other characters, none of those other superheroes will be here today. Yeah. Will be standing there too, you know. Like it's yeah. also kind of like a real life tribute as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, also like Easter egg, the kid, the kid there, right? Oh yeah, I noticed him. I didn't quite recognize him right away, and I only found out afterwards. Same, and I was who's who's that? Yeah, he was the kid. So for everyone who don't know, who everyone who doesn't know yet, it's um the kid from Iron Man three that he that Tony helped, um and that who helped Tony as well. Like he gave him a complete um computer thing. And I read from a review um that it's also like having that kid there was also um symbolic of how Tony's influence kind of transcended or moved was or kind of reached beyond the Avengers. Mm. So he had impact on other people as well, like that kid. Mm, right. So yeah. So that's it. <laughs> that's it's, it. So much to unpack. It was such a such an iconic movie. That's it for this episode of the Breach Pod. Um, I don't know where we're coming back again, or we'll definitely like we mentioned last time. We're not definitely not going to be gone for months. <laughs> We'll try to keep up with the reporting and whatnot. So, but this was just the uh, Avengers Endgame was such a big, uh, big movie event. Uh, of course, we had to talk mm. about it. Everyone was waiting for it. We were definitely waiting yeah. for it. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, we'll be talking about other MCU films as well. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. So um, that's it for this uh, episode of The Beach Pod. We'll see you guys again next time. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.